Pushkin. There's so many ways to find new music today, but still you don't expect to discover a new artist while shopping for clothes online. But that's exactly how Bruce Headlam stumbled across today's guest. Browsing for shoes on a website that had a pop-up music player, Bruce heard this voice. Well, we all had a fair idea of where we thought we'd be by here. Drawing our plans in the schoolyard. He was intrigued and surprised to find it wasn't a man singing. It was Australian singer-songwriter Emma Louise, who's been writing and recording music for over a decade since she was just 18 years old. Emma decided to lower her natural singing voice on her latest album, Lilac Everything, by pitching it down with a post-production plugin called Alter Boy. In this Fresh Find interview, Bruce talks to Emma about why she decided to change her voice, how singing in a different pitch gives her the freedom she craves, and about the time she became an Italian pop star for a summer. And then she played some songs for us live, pitching down her voice in real time. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's Emma Louise performing the song that captured Bruce's attention, Wish You Well. There she is Perfectly framed by the wood She painted green With the help of those hands of his And there she dreams Dreaming all the dreams Singing with your eyes. 
actually came across this song uh this is a little embarrassing it was on a playlist on a uh men's fashion site called dappered yeah which is <laughs> which is the reason i have too many shoes um, but i heard this song and i was doing something else and i thought it was just hypnotic i assumed it was a man uh but it was you yeah so this is a voice you use you've used in the past Mm-hmm. Um, it's electronically lowered. How, how far is it lowered from your normal voice? About four semitones. So really only two full notes? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of got like a, it's like the tone that's changed as well. It's like a formant shift. But honestly, like, so we just did it at first um, with Alter Boy, you know, so the whole album was recorded and then it was, we was like the last day of recording and I was just adding in some harmonies. And then I remembered this idea that I had when I was like 17, you know, when I heard my voice um, slowed down on tape and I like, I loved it so much, you know, mm-hmm. but I have had, I mean, like, yeah, lots of people think that, um, that it is a man, mm-hmm. you know, singing and I, and I love that. Did you think of it that way when you first heard it or when you wanted to do that? I didn't really... You know, like it was, I think I'm a quite an impulsive person and especially when it comes to like creating things, you know, and and so I, you know, like I went with my feeling, like I didn't really think of it. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know, and I'm supposed to pitch it down and I went with it and of course, like I loved the sound of it. When I decided to pitch it down, you know, like I think I was also feeling a lot of anxiety you know because I'd done two albums and I'd found it you know like I don't think I'm made for the touring and for the 
you know, all of the things that come with that. So, you know, I had this like body of work and I was really proud of it. But at the same time, I don't think I had the energy or the something to really like put myself behind it and, you know, and so I had Joseph, which is what I called the voice when I was 17. And then when he came and sung it or, you know, like when it was him and not me, Mm -hmm. it was like just such a relief. And then, but the problem with that is that what I've learned now is that there has to be some kind of balance. So you named it, when you first heard this different voice, you named it Joseph. So it was a male voice. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, you know, like my band, my old band and my managers and stuff, they know who Joseph is. And so, you know, when I called up and I was like, oh, I'm going to do the whole album in Joseph. They were like, no, 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 that's a bad idea. You mm-hmm. know, like. Have they, they come around to that? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, once, once, because they were all like, you know, don't do it. That's silly. And then once I was like, you know, just listen to it without thinking, you know, and um, I'm going to do it because it's like a part of my journey, you know, and, I'm, and then they kind of, they started to dig it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever write lyrics in the voice of another person? Yeah. Like I've, I write songs like for other artists. Mm-hmm. Like, I love doing that. Does that come more easily to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the dream, yeah, because it's completely got, like, none of me in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so, like, Mm pressure-free. And, like, one of the songs on the album, which I'll play, is um, called Never Making Plans. And I wrote it, like, through the heart of someone, like, one of my friends who was... She'd just broken up with somebody that she thought that she was going to, you know, get married to and have kids with and stuff. And and she was, like, living in the back, in her car, you know, and she kind of said to me, like, I'm never making plans again. And I, like, really felt for her, and so I wrote that song completely through her experience, you know, mm-hmm. which was, I love doing that as well. We'll be right back with Emma Louise after a quick break. Hey there, I'm Ashley Ford, host of the Chronicles of Now podcast. Chronicles of Now commissions amazing authors like Roxane Gay, Colin McCann, Carmen Maria Machado, and Curtis Sittenfeld to write short fiction inspired by the headlines. Each episode features a new work of fiction inspired by the biggest stories of our time, like what does COVID-19 do to our relationships? How do we make sense of climate change and extinction? And perhaps most mysteriously, What is going on with Trump's tweets? Because in such uncertain times, sometimes art, fiction, is the only way to make sense of it all. The show is great for fans of short speculative fiction, historical novels, podcasts that go behind the news, and narrative shows like Radiolab and The Moth. The Chronicles of Now is imaginative storytelling at its most compelling. Authors helping us understand our world. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Brought to you by Pushkin Industries. We're back with Emma Louise performing her song, Never Making Plans, from her album, Lilac Everything.
So that was written about a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what did your friend think? She was very healed by it. That's nice. Mm. It's a very, you know, when I heard the voice, I thought it was, I thought it was much altered to be much lower because your speaking voice, your singing voice, seemed naturally seemed so much higher. Mm-hmm. It sort of reminds me, uh, you know, Marvin Gaye's producer uh, used to always push him. To do to do the songs in a higher key, mm. um, even to the point it would strain his voice. Yeah, and I always think it was, uh, and you know, a lot of male singers. Rod Stewart sings much higher than his natural voice, mm-hmm. and I always think for a lot of male singers, it's almost like to reach out, usually to women, it's almost like an escape from masculinity. They're trying to kind of 
shed that by having a higher voice. And that that's what I was thinking of when you were singing that song. It just yeah. had, uh, it was a male voice really straining at its upper limits. Yeah. It was really lovely. Do you, when you're thinking of Joseph, yeah. I guess we can call him now. He seems like a another person in the room. Yeah. I should probably ask him questions. <laughs> uh, do you think of him doing different things like that in different ranges? Not really. I mean, it's so funny because when I hear Joseph, I hear it's so normal to me. I just hear myself anyway. Yeah, like to be Joseph in a song is not too you know too far away with you know being my voice except for that when I hear my voice I'm like oh no you know like and I judge myself whereas when I hear Joseph I um it's like you know he's it's like somebody else is doing it okay um why don't we hear another song yeah I know to rely on Shadow oh, to lean on his promises to wait for the love he brings. Oh, I know better than to rely on the words of shadow, but how did he hold? And again and again 
Okay, I'll embarrass you a little more. Cool. Um, that, it sounded like Nina Simone to me. Oh, awesome. That's a compliment. That's amazing. She's incredible. You know, often when people use vocal effects to create like a male sound, Laurie Anderson and some of the early rap guys did it. They like to make it very, I think she called it her voice of authority or voice of power. They like making it very mechanical, like you're hearing an announcement in an airport or something. Yeah. Uh, and you make yours very, very warm. It almost, the the Joseph voice kind of roughens up your voice, but in a nice, warm way. Is that the effect you were going for or? Um, I think it's just kind of like a lovely, I definitely didn't you know, try for it to sound any way, but, you know, it's just good that it would it would sound like that. Well, he does a nice job. Thank you. Uh, let me ask you about growing up. Mm-hmm. Was there a song you heard when you were a kid, something that kind of clicked with you that, that turned some switch? Um, yeah, I heard, what's that Pearl Jam song? Last Kiss? Is that, you know, about the car crash? Sure. You know yeah, that it's, one? A co- it's a cover of an old 50s song. Yeah. I remember my cousin Josie, um, you know, we must have been like maybe 10 and she like pulled me to this little like Sony stereo and played me that song. And I remember, you know, being like really touched by it. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. You're making, I never, a, you're making a hand gesture like you were crying. I was crying, yeah. When we were, you heard Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like I, like my parents didn't listen to music at all. Like we never had music growing up like mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. When you started writing then, who influenced you? Well, I started learning covers, but only for a little while. And then I just started making my own songs. Tell me then how you got into, I mean, Australia has its own music scene. Yeah. Some yeah. bands come over here, but it's got a lot of bands that just thrive there. Yeah. Um, how did you kind of become part of that? So when I was like 18, I moved to Brisbane, which is a bigger city than Cairns, but still relatively small. And I used to busk a lot. Like I used to play at the markets and I had a parrot at the time. So, mm-hmm. And then I recorded a, a demo and then a song from that, um, sorry, an EP, and then a song from that EP, did well jungle and um and then that kind of like got me you know onto the radio and stuff and yeah then i started you know like the touring and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and jungle became a like a dance remix yeah it? how did that happen i don't really know you know like i was just literally sitting at home one day and my manager called me up and was like somebody wants to do a remix of jungle and i was like cool yes you know didn't really think too much of it and then all of a sudden it was like you know like number one in you know here and there and stuff and as a remix and um and in Europe it wasn't just Australia it was it yeah it became was, this very strange hit yeah and you weren't tempted to go do more dance songs or enter that world uh, no no although I did do a few shows like with um one of the guys that did the remix I did a few shows with them in like. I got flown to like Ibiza, um, which was really cool, but also super weird. Like it's just a, the dance world is just a different like 
beast. It's such a crazy. Mm -hmm. And you played for a dance crowd? Oh, yeah, I did. It was crazy. Like, I had to get up at two in the morning to go to a club to sing a song, you know, but. Um, and there was like a few of those, you know, like where I'd have to like f fly to like Paris or fly to, you know, like places all around the world just to play one song. And um, you're like an accidental pop star. Well, I mean, you know, what was crazy is it was number one in Italy. So I, I went to Italy with my friend, my best friend, Grace, and we had no idea that like, you know, like every year they have like a summer pop star you know like and they all love this like one pop star and then and literally like there was like paparazzi and we did not expect it we'll be back with emma louise after a quick break we're back with emma louise performing nick drake's song pink moon I saw written and I saw it say Pink moon is on its way And none of you stand so tall Pink moon's gonna get you all It's a pink moon, pink played Pink Moon, which you said while you were uh, starting to just strum was your favorite song. Mm. 
Is it your favorite, favorite song? It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. When did you first hear it? So I wrote most of the album in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I was just like on the beach, just listening to Nick Drake for a week straight. And Why, who introduced Nick Drake to you? It was actually my manager. I was mm -hmm. like, who should I listen to? I, you know, cause I, you know, I don't know a lot of music. I didn't mm -hmm. grow up in like a musical kind of family. And um, yeah, he just, he sent me Nick Drake and it was like such a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it about this song? You know, like words can only say so much, but it's when words are mixed with the melody that is like, you can't really explain what it is about the song that, that you love or connect to. It's kind of like, it's the invisible thing in it. I just love the feeling of it. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a favor? Mm -hmm. Because we haven't heard your voice. Mm -hmm. Can you play a few bars of Pink Moon in your own voice so we can hear it? Yeah. So written and I saw it see. Pink moon is on its way And on a eastern so tall Pink moon's gonna get you all It's a pink moon, pink moon Pink, 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 pink It's a pink That was lovely. I'm worried now your record company won't let you release an album that isn't in Joseph's voice. <laughs> so maybe that's your audition tape. Yeah. I appreciate it. That was fabulous. Uh, that was really great. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks to Emma Louise for taking the time to open up about her creative process and playing for Bruce. You can hear all of our favorite Emma Louise tracks on a playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Broken Record Podcast, where you can find extended cuts of new and past episodes. Broken Record is produced with help from Jason Gambrell, Mila Bell, Leah Rose, Eric Sandler, and Martin Gonzalez for Pushkin Industries. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Peace.